Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Donald Thomas. And today, we are going to go over that, oh my goodness, that awful game that all of us Colts fans watch. Literally from the second drive of the game, Colts fans were just like, oh, this game's over already. I mean, you can see it. You know, it was like something was wrong. There was something not right. It just didn't feel right from the get-go, right? I mean, it was just not not good from, from what I saw. And then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse throughout the game. But, Donald, what was what what is your initial reaction after watching – what unfolded on Sunday afternoon? Um, that was, it was painful to watch, you know, like the only time that I knew that we were in it was when I was watching, you know, the national anthem, right. You know, like from the, from out the gate, you know, Jacksonville scored so fast. Colts were so stagnant on offense. Defense was, you know, a step behind, you know, basically the whole game in my opinion, but definitely those first few possessions, it just was rough, man. It was, it was like I said, I don't know if it's some type of curse that Jacksonville has on Indy, especially in Jacksonville. Um, but it just was one of those games where it was just like doomed from the start. And it was, it was, it was painful. Everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. Um, you know, and that's, you know, there's so much I could go on a tangent about and we're going to get into that, but you know, from up front to, you know, the, the backfield to defense to secondary to up front again on def- on the defensive side of the ball to linebacking play. It just wasn't up to par. It just wasn't coach football that they've shown these previous weeks. It was almost a step back. Uh, it was almost a step back. It was a step back. It was a step back in the progress that they've made this season. They got everybody so hyped up about them, and now everybody's kind of like, oh, here we go again. Right, right, exactly. All right, before we get into this, I just want to remind everybody that BetOnline is still your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, to me, it, it all started right from the get-go. Okay, first off, the Colts won the flip, and Steichen decided to receive rather than defer that was an interesting you don't see that very often and when asked later he's just like it's a gut feeling right it was something that he decided he wanted to go with go out there score first hopefully get a touchdown get the lead be in a position uh to play the game that you want to play that was basically what he said uh on why he deferred now is there is what's the preference at this point you know, most coaches seem to defer rather than take the football, and Coach Steichen took it. Is, is there an issue there? Do you, do you like or dislike that decision? Um, so I've been a part of both, right? I've been a part of both, and it's, it really comes down to how juiced up I got my guys during the week. 
if we feel like we can really jump on top of some guys, you know, a team early, we want to win, we want to get the ball, and we want to set the tone for the game on offense, coach is going to tell us during the week, like, hey, we win the toss, we're, 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 we're taking the ball. And he'll usually will tell us that either the night before the game or in the locker room before we go out. And it's kind of like, all right, well, our mind's right. Like, you know, offense, we're up, you know, like, we, we're we going to get the ball, we're going to drive down the field, we feel confident, we're going to jump on top of them, the defense will we'll stall them, and then, you know, even playing field after that, we punch them in the mouth first. Um, there's also the, you know, like, we win the toss, we're going to defer, because we know this team is a team that we're probably going to really need to have the ball in the second half to start things off, because we might be in a dog fight. Um, and so, you know, if you take the ball first, you're telling the other team, like, I'm setting the tone. I don't care about the second half. We're going to be up. You're going to be chasing us the whole game. This is your opportunity to try to get back in the game second half. But we're going to we're, we're going to we're, we're going to switch separating ourselves in the first half. And so, for the offense to come out and stall like that um, in the first drive, like, come on, man, we moved. And, and here's the deal: they moved the ball. They were moving the ball, it's like you know, five yard passes, quick passes. Everybody was juiced up, and then it came to, all right, well, where's the run game at? Like, where are we going to mix that in? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor spread out. And Zach Moss isn't on the field. Then it's Bob, And I'm like, what are we doing? Then all of a sudden it's third. And I'm like, here we go. And, you know, punt. And it's just like, and then, I mean, literally Jacksonville scores in a blink of an eye. Right? They came out, and this is exactly why you want to give them the ball first. Well, excuse my language, but damn it. Like, if you're going to take the ball first, you better be doing the same thing. And it was one of those things where I feel like, you know, from a standpoint of, um, you know, a head coach that that doesn't have that tenure or that, you know, that that catalog or resume behind him, every decision he makes is going to be questioned. It just is what it is. Um, because if you had, you know, another coach that that was seasoned and, and you you had trusted him and his players really believed in what he was saying, um, you would have and you would know too, like. As a as a coach, you got to know. Hey, my team's not ready to take the ball opening possession. If we if we win the toss, I would much rather have my defense out there. Let's get a feel for what they're doing. I can go over here, kind of rah rah my offense up a little bit. You know, get them ready to go. Hopefully, my defense can hold. We get good field position. We drive. We can get three points out of the first drive, right? As opposed to you take the ball, I'm getting seven. Mm-hmm. I'm not turning the ball over. I'm not going three and out. I'm not turning the ball over on downs. I'm not punting. Like, what is that? I might as well just put the deep, put rely on my defense, put, you know, some trust in my defense to hold up and get some decent field position, if that's the case, and just defer and get the ball in the second half. So it was questionable from the beginning, in my opinion. Um, and overall, it was just really frustrating, just a very frustrating game. So the way the game started out, Colts went down the field, uh, kicked field goal, I think, right? And then the Jacksonville went down, scored touchdown really quick like you said then the Colts turned the football over uh, almost immediately and yeah. then they scored immediately Colts found themselves down 14 to 3 with like uh with more than 10 minutes left in this in the second quarter right but they're down 14 to 3 now you and I both probably looking at this going why haven't we ran the ball now granted the Colts only had the ball so much you know one drive in the first quarter and then you know a couple snaps in this in, in the second at this point at this point they're down 14 to 3 still plenty of time left in the first half one thing you talk about 
there was no running game. Now, we're not going to dive too much into the running game a little bit because I do want to talk about this in the next episode that we record. We'll yep. get into a lot of the uh, running and, and, and answering questions about stuff like that because uh, I feel like there's a lot of content there that we can we can uh, put out. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for that or, uh, you know, because it'll be out at least by the next day. Uh, but so the Colts are down about 10 minutes left in the first half. And Steichen's like, oh, they're they're running seven, eight nine-man boxes so we didn't run plus we were down and my thought process is it's so early in the game at this point being down 11 points isn't that big of a deal it's definitely not big enough deal to pull away from a game plan of running the football because the best way to move the football down the field and score is and always has been and always will be a balanced attack Run the football, pass the ball, keep the defense guessing what you're going to do so they can't key up on one specific thing. Am I off track with that thought process? No. Listen, you just paid a man $14 million a year. You just paid a man $14 million a year into this season. And you're down 14 to 3 with. An eternity to go. Mm-hmm. Your run game is non-existent because you haven't even attempted to run the football. Your $14 million man is lined up at receiver. Your backup that arguably was the top top three running backs for the first few weeks of the season is on the sideline, or now you have him in the slot. You're not even attempting to run the football. And every time they were in the backfield, they're leaking out for a pass. It's not a run. And so it just leads me to believe I'm like, what is going on? Because I feel like from a standpoint, this is my opinion, okay? But I've seen it before. I've been around for a while. They don't want to upset anybody. Like the, I feel like the coaching staff is scared to upset Jonathan Taylor. And they're also scared to upset Zach. And so we're running into a problem here where it's like, well, I won't give Jonathan the ball any more than I'll give Zach the ball because I don't want to get anybody upset. No, we're going to win football games. If this guy's got the hot hand, if this is basketball, and my three-point shooter's got the hot hand, and he's leading the league in in three-point percentage, and the starter comes back off of an injury for whatever reason, I'm not putting my hot hand on the bench to get this guy warmed up, and now we lose a football game. It does, I mean, or a basketball game. It doesn't work that way. Like, you're a professional. We'll work you in, right? We have a decent, pretty decent upper echelon running game, and now we just ran away from it. And now we want to throw the football. And now we see, now we're getting turnovers. I mean, like, Gardner threw, he should have thrown, I mean, he threw the one, the, the, he dropped it. He well, there go- should have been like six interceptions in that game. The very next play, he throws it right back. I'm like, pick. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And it's still the second quarter, and now we did, we're and we're deserting the running game. Still, no running. I mean, if you look at it, Zach Moss, 21 yards on seven carries. Jonathan Taylor, eight, eight, uh, 19 yards on eight carries. We have 44 yards total rushing. Previous weeks, we were cracking over one, uh, two, close to 200 yards. 
55 pass attempts, <clears throat> 15 run attempts. That's nuts. Now, I get the Colts were down, but we were down early. We had time. We had time to come back. You had to control the football and not turn it over. Your best way to do that is to run the dig on football, right? Your best defense is a good offense. Exactly. I can get four yards a clip running the football. I'm taking time off the clock. And we're not, it's not fourth quarter and I'm down 14 to three. This is the second quarter and I'm down 14 to three. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite, I'm like, listen, everybody over there is getting paid. Everybody is human being. Everyone's going to make a decision what they thought that was best for the team at that time. 100% understand that. But at the end of the day, you just pay a man $14 million and he has eight carries for 19 yards. Yeah. And your number one rusher has 21 yards on seven carries. And it wasn't even it wasn't even late in the game. You want to talk about guys in the box. Seven in the box is standard. Yeah. Seven in the box is standard. And we're still throwing the football 95% of the time. Like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't see how people say seven in the box is a loaded box. It's, it, no, it's, in the box it's is a base box. defense, right? A 4-3 defense, a 3-4 defense is seven in the box. Yes. When it's six in the box, that's nickel, and we're, we're, they're playing for the pass. And you can, exactly. you can get runs all day on that. Seven in the box is where we're trained where we're trained to block. Yeah. There's only one free guy. We're running away from him. He's got to make a play. It's usually a guy on the backside. And we're out the we're out the front door. Or we're doing some type of we're coming back to the backside. And that guy's got to make a play, or it's a trickery play where we're out the back door. But there's no like okay, eight in the box is different. Yes. But at we, that point you need you, you need have, a, a, right. some tight end, some help, uh, and you know some way of scheming up the blocking in order to, I don't know, seal that extra guy off through the wash. I don't know what your verbiage is for that, but I always call it the wash, right? Where all the bodies are mangled together um, at the line of scrimmage or whatnot. But I've always learned that from playing football. Coach is always like, look, there's a way to seal off guys through that wash. You know, and we can do that, especially if we've got good offensive linemen that know what they're doing, right? Right. Uh, and from what I understood, from what I was seeing all year, our offensive line's been pretty decent this year, right? They've been yeah. creating some holes and stuff. So, and we got the third best running back plus uh, the, the guy, like you keep saying, $14 million a year, a guy who led the NFL in rushing and touchdowns just two years ago. All right, stick with it. I mean, that is literally, it is quite possibly, arguably our best position on our team. And we completely took them out of the game. Completely took them out of the game. And that that was completely upsetting to me throughout the whole, I was just screaming at the whole game. I was so mad. Well, let's flip over to the defense real quick. Yeah. Because thir- you, you talked about it before, 37 points is not good. All right. No. Now we could talk all day about we have 37 points. 17 of those were off turnovers. Defense still had to give them up, but 17 of them were off turnovers. And we gave and Jacksonville had four times they started an inside the Indianapolis Colts 40 yard line. Four times, twice inside the 30. All right. That's that's 
putting your defense in a really bad spot, right? Yeah. You, you can defend 70 yards. It's really tough to defend 30. You know, yep. very, very tough. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then on top of that, you're you're asking a defense that have two rookie corners who are still learning literally a lot of the stuff uh, from the NFL. Because I'm watching, like, look, I love Juju Brents. Love him. I think he plays with a, an intensity. He plays physical. Love that. I'm seeing him get caught out of position multiple times seeing him miss guys uh, running through his zone multiple times. And that is a problem. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, inexperience in the NFL playing in the NFL. So uh, because, you know, offenses, defenses are a lot more complicated than they were in college, but man, this, it, it was, it, it was difficult to watch Jacksonville score so often on this Colts team. Well, you know, when you lack, uh, experience um, in the secondary. It's, 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 I mean, you look across the board and you really look at, you know, who's back there, who's starting off. You got two rookie corners, right? You got, you know, um, your, your safeties are inexperienced. You know, Kenny Moore, in my opinion, has got to be the guy that's got to be the leader out there when it comes to the, to the, to the, to the DBs to that secondary and step up and, and try to make plays and just like teach guys and mentor guys. And that's when it comes into like, even if we had veteran guys that didn't play, but their main job is on during the week as they coach these guys up. Because when I was in when I was playing, like I would always see like, okay. So for example, real quick in Miami, we had, um, uh, we had uh, Vontae Davis, right? And we had Sean Smith. We, we drafted two rookie corners. But we had veteran guys that had been playing the league for seven, eight years that they weren't even starting, but they were, they were coaching and mentoring those guys, right? So that they could be good players and make plays on Sunday. I feel like, you know, we're lacking that. Like Kenny Moore's got to step up and coach these guys better. I'm not saying he's not doing it, right? And I can't say he's not doing it at all because I'm not there, right? But what I'm saying is, it's like, it just can't be the position coach coaching them because they really look out of place sometimes, like you said, um, because lack of experience. And granted, like if the best best coaches, if, if, in my opinion, is a player that's played that position, mm -hmm. they can teach a guy instinctual things that he's got to see and know, right, and be able to read those things as opposed to you know a guy that just was a quality control guy and then he got bumped up here and now he's now he's coaching DBs never played DB before. He probably played line or, you know, running back in high school. You know what I'm saying? And now you don't have, you don't have a guy that's teaching these guys like, hey, when you see this or you got to feel this, and you got to know how to play this, 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 this route, whatever it is, we're lacking that. We do have three player coaches that were Indianapolis Colts players. Right. As coaches. We all know Reggie Wayne. Yes. We have assistant linebackers coach Cato June. Yep. We have the assistant defensive backs coach Mike Adams. Right. All right. So we do have a guy back there. I would love to be able to interview Mike Adams. Mike, if you ever see this, feel free, reach out. You know, I'd love to have you on and talk talk to you about the defensive backs. That'd be that'd be a great 
great thing for everybody in, in all honesty. We'd like to know a little bit about what you think about each and then, you know, styles and, and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it, it is worrisome because there isn't a lot of veteran leadership. And, and that's a lot to put on Kenny's shoulders, right? As a, uh, just by himself, because no, really. he's the only guy that's got more than two years experience in the defensive back room. Well, right. I mean, I take that back. Julian Blackman, he's got three, you know, but he's the same yeah, on the field as well. Yeah. Know? And, and he's missed time due to injury. Yeah. So, you know, uh, really, it is on Kenny Moore's shoulders, and that's that's difficult. I, I almost think maybe maybe we bring in, you know, a veteran, you know, that's that's still sitting out there, you know, to to kind of help. You know, listen, at this point, it can't hurt. <laughs> nope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy, or whatever, but it can't hurt. Mm-hmm. Guy that can you can kick the tires on, five year guy, six year guy that that just made some plays in the league. It's probably home because of whatever reasons he's working out like crazy and he just needs another shot. You know, just someone to come in and try to like bolster this 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 secondary a little bit, right? I don't know, but it might and honestly, it might not be a corner, it might be a safety. Maybe. You need a ball hawk back there that can play over the top, help these corners out so they don't feel like they're on the island all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like they're in a bad spot. And then your safety comes and makes a big time play because, like, realistically, like, when's last time we had a big time safety in Indianapolis? Bob Sanders. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Antoine Bethay. Antoine, right? Excuse me. And I played. I was here with, here with Antoine. Antoine. Um. And 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 look at look at the secondary when Antoine was there. Antoine controlled that secondary. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we also had some talented corners as well. But Antoine controlled that secondary. Like you, like you know, and he made plays. Yeah. We we need safeties to make plays too. And I'm not saying, you know, it's just one position or because, like, at the end of the day, it's the team sport, and it all coincides with each other. It all works together. So when you look at it from a standpoint of like, the, like DeForest, he 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 made some plays up front early in the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know, the guys kind of checked it in second half. In my opinion, it just wasn't like the intensity wasn't there. Um, defensively or offensively, um, I'm not gonna say guys didn't fight. No one laid down. It just, they just, it just, it, it was just too late. It was too late. I think they strayed away from the game plan on both sides of the football, um, or more on offense and defense. And the defense was out there, tired. Um, and Jacksonville kind of was just doing whatever they wanted at one at a point. Like they, the, the, listen, the foot got put on Indy's neck. And pressure got applied, and they didn't, and they didn't let off. And I think that just at overall, when you look at it from a standpoint of um, urgency and and how you know how much they understand the, the the importance of this game, Jacksonville understood the assignment more than Indy did. Jacksonville came off of you know three weeks in a row, three wins. They were riding high, two two wins in a row across across country. You're supposed to jump on top of that. These guys were just in London. They had a flyback. They, you know, they got to get acclimated back to being being back home. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then we're coming in, coming off of playing well, and knowing that we can't, we haven't beat Jacksonville since 2014 in, in Jacksonville. Like, all that plays a factor. All right, they're on their high horse. I'm going to knock them off. This is a division game. I'm going to knock them off. This is a control of the division. I'm going to knock them off. And we didn't do that. 
So who in the locker room is going to sit there and take control of the reins? Because clearly it's not the coaching staff that can control this team. It's not. Because you've got to have players that speaks up and and you know when there's when there's a problem, like obviously there was a problem with the entire team this past Sunday. You gotta have players be like, all right, we're gonna have a players meeting. Yeah, right, let's let's go have a little conversation because we weren't out there doing our job properly. Week six, you don't like normally see like this kind of first quarter, first you know third of the season, um, a players meeting. Like I'm not saying this is a dumpster fire, but at the end of the day, like somebody needs to sit, stand up and say something. Like, all right, hold on, because the season's nowhere near over. This could just be a blemish on the on, on like in the history books of this 2023 season. We can write the ship right now, make the playoffs, make a run, damn near go. We we can control our destiny if we all play together and band together and do things the correct way. Yeah. Right? And guys gotta have each other's backs a hundred percent because it looked just looked like, in my opinion, it looked like a group of guys out there that were just playing their position. Nobody was playing off of each other. Um, you know, there were plays that were made, of course. And guys were jumping around and doing that, but on offense, it was stale. Yeah, it was stale. It was stale, and the run game was one thing that Indy's hung their hat on this year. And that, I mean, as offensive lineman, like I would have got on that bus back to the airport, and I'd have been every other word would have been beep 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 beep. This is beep, like you know, because at what? Now you don't trust me. Now you don't trust my like me and my brothers up front to get the job done. We've been getting it done the past five weeks. Now, all of a sudden, because the main bell cow comes back, and then we don't even run the ball. Put eight in the box. We got a tight end. He's got a block, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. It doesn't, there's no excuse. Nope. Nope. All right. So, I'm not going to completely – I'm not going to say the defense played a, a horrible game. I think, for the most part, I think they played decent. I mean, they only gave up 233 total yards, right? Yeah. That's, that's 148 not yards passing. You hold a team to 148 yards passing and 85 yards rushing total, only give up 3.8 yards per play. That's that's a hell of a defensive game. And the thing that shows me big that, that makes me think, okay, so this this defense didn't wasn't horrible. They only allowed four of 14 on third down efficiency. Yeah, four of 14. They did good. They got off broke down plays that that had issues with. I feel like, though, I can't let Gus Bradley off the hook either. I got to put him. I love Gus Bradley. I love you. You you talked about him, too. But there's a problem where I'm I'm seeing this. I don't know if it's because he does it so rarely, which is why it's so when it happens, it's efficient. Or if he just needs to do it a little bit more. I saw him blitz four times. Four times, called four blitzes in this game. Two forced incompletions, a sack, and an interception. So all four blitzes work. Yeah. Here's Why the thing. Do it more? Because he doesn't trust his secondary. When you blitz, you're losing a man in pass coverage every single time. And if you don't want to get burnt, you don't send anybody. You only rely on your front four to, to, to rush the quarterback. When you blitz, you gamble. 
don't think Gus is a big time gambler. We take him to the casino. I don't think he's going to put it all on black or all on red or put you know a thousand dollars down on 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 blackjack in one hand. He's going to nickel and dime you, and then you know he might get up a little bit and he might put fifty on a hand. He's been playing twenty five the whole time. You know what I'm saying? This is the mindset that I feel like he goes into a game with. Nothing wrong with it, but at the end of the day, you see success. And you're like, all right, bet I want a hundred dollars on this hand. You're going to put another 100 down, like double up. Like, you know what I'm saying? I told you, scare money don't make no money, right? But at the end of the day, he's like, all right, cool. I'm up. I'm not going to burn it all again. I'm going to play play it safe again. I might lose a little bit. So his play calling just shows that he doesn't have full faith in the secondary to be one-on-one man coverage or just, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I lose one, I know that this puts a, puts my guys in a bind because someone's going to find a hole and get open. And this is, I don't feel like he has enough enough confidence in a linebackers dropping back in pass coverage. You know, um, the DBs, the safety, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just that. But we, we can talk about Gus and the defense all day, but, you know, I, you know, Jacksonville had a 12th man on offense. They had a 12th man on offense, and that was Gardner Minshew. He was playing for Jacksonville on Sunday. Yeah. You throw three picks and a fumble. And it could have been more. Like you, like we, every coach nation felt comfortable with Gardner Minshew taking the rings. Did we not? I, I don't. I, no, I did. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to say I'm in the streets of Indy, but no one's. I didn't hear any negative talk about Anthony being out, possibly the rest of the season. Gardner's taking over. Oh my God, it's over with. No one said that. Everything so, that we saw from him this year in a Colts uniform did not show now we've seen this in the past from Gardner 100% but this year different team different players different system we saw so you know give him the benefit of the doubt see what he saw from him this year he never showed any of this you know he he had one fumble all year no interceptions all year and then he walks into Jacksonville and stinks up the whole place this is why we talked earlier in the year, and if anyone's been listening to these podcasts and our shows and all that stuff, we talked about when you show promise, you have a little bit of success at quarterback, you're always going to get that nod for the next few years. Whether it's a starting role or a quality backup role, you're going to get that nod. But you have to remember, I said it before, to play quarterback in the NFL is the hardest position in sports, period. In my opinion, you have to make so many split decisions. You have to get everyone going in the right direction. You got the whole team on your back. Sometimes, I think Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. 100%. I'm not taking that away from him. He's an NFL starting quarterback. But there's so many elements to it. So when it comes down to it, now you're the guy. Now you're thinking about way too many things. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to put the team on my back. And your decision making gets skewed a little bit. And that's what separates the top 10 quarterbacks from everybody else is that decision-making. When you decide to throw a ball in the coverage and, you're, and you know good and well that it's a gamble every time you throw it or 95% of the time you throw it, you should have made that throw. You, gotta, you, got, you have to be real with yourself and, and throw the ball away or you know, try to run and get three or four yards and play it safe. Instead, I drop back and I throw a ball and almost picks it, right? And then I drop back the next play and throw the pick. It's bad decision-making. Yep. And it can't 
Because we don't have another quarterback to go in and replace you, Gardner. No, we don't. Not not right now. Not on this roster. Uh, I don't trust anyone on this roster. Kellen Mond, no. Sam Ellinger, no. We've already seen that experiment. We don't listen. That, that yeah. is last resort. Yes, that's that's a if he goes down, then we got someone who can play at least. You know, not, I'm not saying he's playing well, but at least he you know, he understands the position. Um, another thing too, right? Knowing we don't have another quarterback that can really go in the game, why are we having this man drop back and throw the ball so much? Fifty-five times, right? You should be helping him by running the football. Football with your fourteen million dollar man. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it, from the outside looking in, it just looks it looks crazy. I know. Um, you know, I was on the road this past couple of days, so I wasn't able to hear all the Colts fans chatter. Um, but I know there's some, you know, some disgruntled fans, and, and rightfully so. You know, I'm disgruntled as just, you know, this being a humble observant, um, which is a little bit of extra insight. Um, but I would have, you know, I'm not a coach. It's, it's, it's tough to make those decisions. You know, I'll, I'll say that. I always put an asterisk next to everything that we talk about. You know, it's it's big time decisions you got to make, but it's also big time business, and, and you get paid the big bucks to make the the, the right decisions. Yep. So it comes down to from the coaching staff all the way down to the players. You know, coaching's got to be better. Playing the guys playing got to play better, um, and just put guys in the right the, the right positions to win football games. Right, Gardner's not a guy that's going to be thrown for three hundred yards every game and you know three touchdowns and no interceptions. You got to understand that. What you got from him, take it with a grain of salt. Don't try to do too much with him. Stick to the game plan. Let Zach and, J- and Jonathan Taylor run the football. Give this guy some weight lifted off his shoulders so he can go out there and just be Gardner Minshew and play Gardner Minshew football instead of him trying to fill Anthony Richardson's shoes or trying to fill some 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 void that he can't do because that's not his skill set. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and end this episode with this one thought. I am going to give him a uh, a little bit of a pass. The head coach, Shane Steichen, this is his second year being a play caller, first year being a head coach. This is a learning experience. This is why he gets a pass. He, it's a learning experience for the situation he was put in. And hopefully he learns from this and 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 is able to improve upon his play calling ability in the future because of the experience that he just went through, Right. I mean, we, we all learn every day, even head coaches. So I'll give him that. And that's, I'm not giving him a full pass because I still don't see how you just run the ball 15 times, but I'm just going, I'm just saying, learn from it, learn from it. Don't make the same mistake again. Right. Yep. There you go. Lick your wounds and, and no, no, we got a new week and um, new team and coming in town, you know, learn from it. Watch the film learn from it, you know, and move on. This is a league where you have to have very short-term memory is key. If you stick and you hold on to the past, you won't progress as a coach or as a player. And it's it's basically from play to play. One thing you'll hear guys say is, you know, you'll mess up like offensive line, miss a block. You get back in the huddle, you hear coach yelling at you. Someone's going to say, hey, forget about it, next play. Forget about the next play because you can't harp on it because now you messed up. If you think about the last play and you got a whole nother play that you got to execute on, forget about it, right? It's yep. done. It's done. It's, record is what it is. Yep. It's 
zero zero record every every week until it's playoff contention is out of out, out of the question. So it's zero zero. Nothing's hurt. Nothing's nothing's harmed. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like focus on this week. Get a win. And move on. Absolutely. Let muscle memory and training kick in. Don't think too much. Right. Absolutely. 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 All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Lawrence Owen. Uh, that's Donald Thomas. And as usual, go Colts. Go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.